Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news, evolving methods of providing legal service, and law practice issues. My name is Mary Vandenack, founder and managing partner at Vandenack Weaver LLC. I'll be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about closely held business, tax, trusts and estates, legal technology, law firm leadership, and well-being. Before we start today's episode, I want to thank our sponsors. Here is a word from one of our sponsors, Interactive Legal. There's always a resistance to change, particularly with attorneys. Attorneys like to look back at what's worked in the past, and that makes a lot of sense. But when you realize that with a good automated drafting system, you can do a better job for your clients, deliver documents on a more timely fashion, in a more consistent and in a more costly manner. If you're not a subscriber to Interactive Legal, I urge you to go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo and you'll be contacted about having a demonstration of interactive legal for you, which can be done right over the Internet. Don't have to leave your office. No salesperson will call. We can arrange it at a time inconvenient for you. So please go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. The Right Reflection is an executive coaching firm specializing in helping leaders achieve their highest potential by developing both their inner and outer game of leadership. Sometimes people do not think of themselves as leaders because they aren't in a traditional leadership role, but most people are leaders in one sense or another, and leadership is challenging these days. If you would like to improve your skills, check out therightreflection.com today. Today's episode is on dealing with gaslighting in the workplace. My guest is Pam Hernandez, the founder and CEO of The Right Reflection, a coaching firm specialized in helping leaders achieve their highest potential. Her focus is developing both the inner game and the outer game of leadership. And I would say as somebody who has had the opportunity to work with Pam, that it extends beyond leadership. I think you are, co- you are able to coach people on a lot of different skills in terms of how to function and be well in the workplace and strategies and things like that as well. But thanks for joining us here today, Pam. Well, it's great to be here. And yes, somehow uh, leadership doesn't really encompass um, everything that I do, but um, I do focus, basically my definition of leadership is creating outcomes that matter to you. And obviously wellness and things matter to you. So how I function through my day in a way, whether I'm using a standing desk and sitting desk even can Mm -hmm. be part of that, right? So, you know, As you do know, I'm passionate about wellness and it's been something as I've been working on my personal brand that I've been told, well, that's a really important part Mm -hmm. of your personal brand. And so I started, it was suggested to me to post on the different areas of my brand. So part of that is, hey, I'm a trust tax and estate attorney. So post on some of those issues. I'm pretty well known for technology and law practice management. So I'll post on some of those issues. And everybody knows I'm also passionate about wellness. And interestingly, I've written a column on wellness for 20 years, but posting on LinkedIn on wellness issues was like really having myself out there in a zone. And then as I did that, I got, you know, emails and letters and notes and calls from people all over the country saying, 
Thank you so much for doing that. It really matters that an established attorney is actually going to get out there on these subjects and make a difference. And so that's why I thought it was important to include in this podcast some addressing some of the issues. But one of the topics that came up a lot as I started to do some posting, I think it was partly from a NAMI post that I did where it talked about the concept of gaslighting. And so that's today's topic. So can you just tell us what is gaslighting, Pam? Well, gaslighting is just a very specific type of bullying, but it is bullying. And the term comes from an old movie called Gaslight in the 40s, where Charles Boyer is trying to drive his wife, Ingrid Bergman, crazy. On a side note, she did win the Oscar for this. Uh, <laughs> throughout, And I think she turns things around in the end, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> throughout the film, he manipulates her to make her feel as if she's going mad. And of course, it's set in the past so one of the things does is he turns down the gas lamps in the house and she notices and comments on it and he goes no nothing's happened you're 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 imagining that and so that term has um become come very popular lately, where one person is trying to make another person question themselves or their perception of realities or their memories. You know, an example might be someone saying, I never said that, or you're way too sensitive, or you must have misunderstood me. I was just kidding. So as I understand it, gaslighting can occur in different types of relationships. So the movie that you're talking about, that was a husband-wife relationship, mm-hmm. right? And that's a fairly common one mm-hmm. that is going to occur in, in that type. But where, where all do you see it occur? Well, and that's the one we most think of. And it is um, probably one of the number one uh, tools that abusers will use in intimate relationships it could, because it's a way of controlling uh, the other person and getting them to doubt, what, am I going crazy or it must be me? So you see it in intimate relationships. You can see it in friendships. Um, I remember, you know, watching young people as they were growing up and there'd always be this kind of sharp comment then, oh, I'm just kidding. Can't you take a joke? But you're wondering, okay, is there another level of that? And all too often, you'll see it in the workplace. And actually, gaslighting is just a reflection of culture. So you can have sort of a gaslighting culture, so to speak, where we're all hyper-competitive and we're in a cutthroats. And so this is one of the things that get gets used in this particular culture. So can you give a few examples of workplace gaslighting? Sure. It can be done in public, like you're in a meeting and someone will just kind of make a sharp remark and under and, oh, I thought you had done such and such and you hadn't. and But yet to come on too strong especially for a woman in the workplace, to come on strong and defend yourself, then you'll be seen as the person who was, oh, you're so sensitive, don't take it seriously. Um, It can happen behind your back. And this happens a fair amount to me in my career where someone would come and and basically try to stir up things. You know, she's just so hard to work with me. She hardly ever uh, returns my phone calls. And, uh, you know, it's like they're trying to plant seeds about somebody. Um, And so it can happen there. It can happen in public. Sarcasm can be used. And actually, even though this is a little outside 
the really strict definition of uh, gaslighting. I've seen it used when it talks about how people are excluded. You know, um, uh, all the important conversations happen on the golf course, or there's the good old boys club and you're not invited, or there's a a ceiling and you're excluded. Um, That doesn't fit the exact parameters, but again, it's a way, but then you say, how come I didn't hear about that uh, opportunity? Or how come I didn't hear about that conference? Well, because we didn't think you cared. Cared? Yes. We don't or think we didn't you, know you golfed. Yeah. Even though you're a scratch golfer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that kind kind of thing. Um, I know very early in my career, um, I used to complain that, oh my God, every important decision is made in the restroom. And I had the restroom all to myself because I was in the women's restroom. But as guys were washing their hands, walking out, and all of a sudden we have a new policy. Yeah, we call our restroom the back conference room. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's really, really true. So how about like this is what I see, and especially since I become managing partner, I will have somebody in my firm come to me and start saying, you know, Janie is really whiny. Janie really like, you know, she plays on Facebook all day. Janie really like does this and that or just, you know, kind of criticizes that person. And, you know, what I learned to do is to go, I never really, I'm one who never listens to what somebody tells me about somebody else. I'm like going to always get to know that individual. You know, I think that's one of the things that I struggle with is that people will hear something somebody else said and whatever their truth and perception is, you know, because sometimes it's really a perception versus mm-hmm. gaslighting, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody might just see somebody is incompetent because they know how to work with them. So you have to mm-hmm. ultimately distinguish. And so I think that my understanding, and you can clarify this for me, is that the difference between, say, gaslighting and just, you know, having a bad day or not really having a good perception about what's going on is that it's persistent. Mm -hmm. So I watched for the person who, you know, I had a gal that worked for me that didn't like another paraprofessional there. And so she's in my office once a week well, you know, Janie like didn't get her stuff done, you know, or Janie doesn't seem, and it's like week after week or week. Is that correct that that's gaslighting is persistent rather than, you know, anybody could have a bad day and right say something negative. Right. That's true. And the, and the, another thing uh, about that kind of negative gossip coming in is even when it is gaslighting is kind of stopping it in its tracks. Um, one thing I, uh, a woman I hired back at my former company, she was a master of stopping gossip and I, and I loved it. And so someone comes and says, well, uh, Janie's not getting back to me on my emails. Really? I've never had that issue with her stuff. Maybe we should go talk to her and see if there was something that came up. And if it's not truly an issue, it's just gossip that tends to stop it. We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors, Carson Private Client. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. 
Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Okay, let's continue our episode. And so there's gaslighting, which is making somebody doubt their own reality Mm -hmm. type of thing, right? Change perception. And there's also triangulation. So that example Mm -hmm. you gave could actually be either of those in some Mm -hmm. sense, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're trying to get in your good graces Mm -hmm. and have this relationship with you and keep this other person out of it, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how do you kind of know as the person, especially if you're, I think that if you're a good intention, you're a good person, sometimes you're susceptible to gaslighting because you're just not expecting it. Mm -hmm. So how do you start to become aware of it? Well, I think you hit on it with the idea that it's persistent um, and the fact that it's often unfounded. Um, and so is, is this person, and it's oftentimes one person always seems to get a jab in and, and things. So then that, uh, uh, and especially the, the fact that it's not really valid. Wait, wait a minute. I did this report. Uh, you know, I turned it in on time. Uh, the supervisor said that. So, but maybe I'm missing something cause I'm fairly new here. So if you think you're being gaslighted at work. What do you do? Wow. That is really tricky. And I will not give any blanket advice because there are lots of things that that it happens. For one thing, it depends on who you are in the organization and who the gaslighter is. Uh, And if the gaslighter is in a position of power, that power dynamic, you know, so you could talk back to him, well, or her, are they in a position, in a position to retaliate? Is that going to ramp up the gaslighting? Um, if you confront them and is it usually one-on-one or is it in a group? Um, sometimes you can have success, um, by going and sitting down and talking with the gaslighter. But again, Uh, This is a courageous conversation, and with any courageous conversation, there's risk. But I have gone and said, you know, could we talk, Mary? Uh, I've noticed in meetings you seem to find a lot of fault with the reports I'm doing, those kinds of things. Could you help me understand why that is? And if there's truly something, well, then, and but the sub-message there is I noticed and I'm not afraid to come talk to you about it. Now, that, though, you do have to kind of keep in mind that, um, um, you know, it, it could have ramifications. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, go to HR. And, I mean, I was VP of HR at my company for a while. And, um, but you do have to be careful with that, too. How are things handled? Um, and not all, and not all companies uh, are they handled well. And now we're back to culture, though. Is this one person or is this the culture? Is, and, you know, culture's how we do things around here. But culture is also what behavior is rewarded and what behavior is tolerated. So if it's done in public 
and the bosses just kind of sit there and smile because they almost like to see people, then you realize that may limit your choices. So what you have to do is going to vary based on sort of who the gaslighter is. Mm -hmm. This guy runs the company. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Right? And as I understand, most gaslighters, when confronted, will defend their behavior Mm -hmm. and often will, in fact, retaliate. You have to be a little concerned if you've really identified it's a gaslighter, right? Well, and see, that's, that's why gaslighting is such an effective way to bully, because you have easy deniability. What do you mean? I didn't say that. Or, you know, you took that wrong. And so it's like, me thinks thou doth protest too much. And so it's hard. And it's nuanced. And you have to go in with a clear head of what's at risk. Now, if you have a choice, you know, perhaps you start looking for a law firm where the culture is a little bit better. If you don't, you have to learn how to somewhat protect yourself and mitigate the negative effects. Because I know they say in personal relationships, whether it's a friendship or an intimate relationship, that a lot of times you just ultimately, you try the confrontation approach, being aware of the fact that the gaslighter is likely to defend themselves, likely to retaliate, and likely to accelerate the behavior because mm-hmm. of the nature of the person who gaslights, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in the work situation, that's kind of the same, and it's tougher because now you're dealing with your income. Mm-hmm. And so confronting the gaslighter, while you know, different things in the HR there's, I think, a better thing, but the gaslighter is, gaslighting is so subtle and kind of crazy making, and they're really good at, a lot of times they're good at making others agree with them in terms of, yeah, this person's really a little off, this person's a little, and for whatever reason, people tend, will sometimes believe that, so you may be fighting a battle, like other people may not see what you see, which is some of the crazy making of it. So if you take, like, what about documenting what's going on? Oh, yes. Um, and that's one of the ways you protect yourself is, and if, if you know someone's going to um, perhaps um, um, gaslight you in a meeting or after the meeting, if it's just between the two of you, it becomes a he said, he said. And so documenting, even following up, with an email. And I got so I did this quite a bit in my career. I'd say, uh, Mary, it's great to meet with you today just to document these were our concerns, this is what we agreed on, and this is what I will be going forward with. If you have anything different, let me know. I would, though, oftentimes take someone to the meeting with me. And I would pass it off as, well, they're the real subject matter expert when it comes to comps, so I want them to be here. Or I'm helping her learn to understand this, so I want him to be here. Because then if it eventually does escalate, you've got a witness. Um, I also had someone who gaslighted my whole division. And it wasn't the CEO, but it was someone of a fair amount of importance. And I knew He was gaslighting me because of things the CEO would say, and the CEO wasn't gaslighting him. So I went and had a meeting with him, and I said, I know uh, this person has difficulties with with this division, and he'll come and tell tell you things. And I certainly am the first to admit that we have 
XYZ issues. Could you do me the favor, though, when he comes and shares derogatory information with you, could you come ask me about it? Because I have a feeling it's incomplete. And I will be honest about our failings, but I just want to make sure you have a complete picture. But again, those things are totally dependent on the relationships you've built uh, within the organization. So might work well if you've been around, built relationships, might not work so well if you're newer to the organization, right? But let's say that at some point um, you're in an organization, law firm, whatever the case might be, and you're being gaslighted and you kind of look, you do in the documentation, you're looking going, yeah, if I raise this issue or confront I'm going to be so out of here. And at this moment, I can't afford to. I've got Mm -hmm. two kids at home. My spouse just lost a job. I got to keep this job on track. And so isn't there the possibility, let's say, you know, finding outside support. My understanding is it's really important that if you know you're being gaslighted and you're in a situation that you can't do anything about it right now, you need to know what the reality is so that they're not able to play that game on you. You need to have that strong sense of self-perception. So what's that, a support group, a coach like you? Well, um, any and all of the above would uh, be that way. But one of the best, uh, and actually this is a technique I learned in a former life as a classroom English teacher, and that is your best form of classroom management is to get the students on your side. Because if they're on your side, they like, they respect you, they want to learn. They will manage the troublemakers for you. And that also can happen in the workplace. So building those lateral relationships, uh, support staff relationships, if there's someone above, is just... um, uh, it's good. It's it's just it's it's a good idea all the way around. You'll be be a better uh, employee. But then when people try to undercut you, they're more likely to say, "Well, wait a minute. That's not the Mary I know." And so, in a law firm, build those relationships with clients too. Yes. So let people get to know you mm-hmm. and know who you are. And mm-hmm. even if you're an introvert, say mm-hmm. instead of going in your office, closing your door, and hiding. Show yourself and let people know really who you are so that this person who's saying you're something else isn't going to be able to pull that off. Exactly. So any last comments, Pam? Um, Yes, this is one of the hardest things to deal with. But I had one uh, case where this woman, she was such a good leader and so strong, and she was being gaslighted by a colleague to the point that she she was ready to quit. And unfortunately, when you're being gaslit like that, sometimes that's the only thing you see. And so I did some work with her and her whole department on strategic planning. And afterwards, I said, do you realize that the 11 other people in this room love you and respect you and want you to share your knowledge? All you're doing is focusing on that one person. And if you can focus on the others... And I saw her several months later, and, and, and he had lost his power because there was, you, to gaslight, you have to have somebody to engage with. 
So you were able to reshift, and, and a gaslighter can get all of your focus, and you miss what's around exactly. you. And so you really need to focus on what else is around you. Well, mm-hmm. thanks so much for sharing on this really important topic today, Pam. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. As we get to the end of our episode, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal and Carson Private Client. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and stay tuned for our weekly releases. A Huda Media Production.